Hello, and welcome to episode 19 of the Wimlex podcast. In this episode, Alexander will interview Matthias Hedlund, the CEO of eTravely Group. eTravely was one of the first companies to offer online booking of flight tickets. eTravely is also the leading online travel agency in the Nordics and the fastest growing in Europe. The interview between Matthias and Alexander has taken place during the Digital Commerce Summit in Stockholm. Enjoy. Welcome here. Thank you. Hello. And uh, I will give Matthias a little bit time uh, to explain uh, 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 the business of eTravely. So, who of you knows eTravely? The brand. Ever heard about? Uh, also, more people than uh, that knows uh, <laughs> eTravely compared to Gary Vaynerchuk. Interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, I did not know it, or at least I did not know the, the group uh, eTravely, probably some of the brands in, uh, in Germany. But uh, can you give us a bit more insight about your history on eTravely and what the business is actually about? And then we deep dive into the questions around uh, um, uh, booking businesses uh, in the digital platform economy. Absolutely. Uh, and for those of you who didn't know us, you don't need to feel ashamed. Uh, we, we play a very, very low profile and uh, it's only if you want to work for us that you should know us. Otherwise, we, we're sort of keeping the low profile. So uh, what we are is uh, we're primarily an online travel agency. Uh, and as such, we sell around 40,000 airline tickets per day. Uh, and by doing so, we're number two in Europe and by far the, the fastest growing. Uh, and um, the business model is, as you say, an intermediary. So if you have the consumers on one hand, most consumers goes to meta search channels today, price comparison sites. In Sweden, that is flygreser.se and Momondo. Uh, around the world, that is primarily Skyscanner and Kayak. Then they come to an OTA, uh, and the OTA gets their air content from global distribution systems like Amadeus and Sabre, but also increasingly directly from airlines and through other content aggregators. And then, of course, some consumers go directly to the airline sites, etc., etc. And the reason why you end up going to a meta-search site instead of going directly to an airline is because you get a greater range of offer, and also the price comparison pushes the price down. So in absolutely most cases, you actually find cheaper tickets if you go to the meta search than if you go directly to ssas.se or, or whatever. Uh, and we're, as you heard, in a bit more than 70 countries. And our head office is here in, in Stockholm and Uppsala. And then we have a, a large office in Athens. And we have outsourced customer service mostly to India. And our whole company is geared towards striving in this very low margin, price competitive, totally transparent world of the meta search engines and price comparison sites. Uh, and that was the big shift for us when we, uh, uh, as a strategy, made a total strategy shift in 2014-15. That's also when, when I came in to, to become CEO of the, of the company where most people before had gone directly to the online travel agency, uh, searched in Google, etc., and then started to go through the, through the meta uh, search engines because basically we earned 80 euro per order when people came directly and we earned 10 euro per order on average if they come to meta. And a lot of people went to the meta. So the whole thing became about really being competitive in that environment. And in order to be competitive in that environment, 
you have to earn more, uh, you have to have more revenue than your competitors, you have to co cost less, and you must be much more analytical than your competitors. And we geared the whole company towards that. So the company now we, we sell for around 4 billion euros of airline tickets per year, uh, and that ends up in the end as a little bit more than 60 million euro in profit, which is a 25% profit margin in, in uh, if you take net sales to EBITDA. So it's a very um, high margin business for us. We're the only one in the industry in Europe that have that margin. Uh, and I must give you some right with your thumbs down because it is a very tough spot to be in because the meta searches of course have a very strong bargaining position and the airlines and the GDSs becomes also more powerful. And, and thereby if you look at the 10 top OTAs in, in OTAs is online travel agencies in Europe. Last year, two went bankrupt and five uh, decreased in, in growth, and us plus two other uh, had increased. We've had around 30% CAGR uh, the last couple of years. And the difference is, is really about understanding that as a provider, we become more and more an air content fulfillment provider doing the really complicated work of compiling flights and being extremely commercial around that and being extremely analytical. I used to work for Klarna and I picked up a lot of things from Klarna in terms of the whole way of, of dealing with credit risk that, that Klarna does, for example, is quite applicable uh, to the way we price tickets. So, for example, if we sell a ticket to, uh, from Stockholm to Barcelona, we will price it very differently depending if you travel alone or if you travel with a family or and so on, because your propensity to buy add-on products like luggage, seating, etc. is very different. If you have a family, you want to sit next to each other, you're likely to have a luggage. If not, you travel yourself, uh, you're, you're traveling light, you don't buy the add-ons. Hence, you have to pay more for the ticket. And this was just one out of 50 variables to understand how, how this... This is all machine learning. Uh, and um, so the reason why we are more successful is that we compete against travel agencies trying to go tech, whereas we are tech happen to be working with travel. Uh, so you can see the same thing in many other industries, uh, I think. So um, let's approach this from like different directions. Um, Maybe let's go first from the customer uh, direction. You have like, uh, I saw here on uh, um, on the screen, uh, seat24.de. Obviously, mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. brand uh, active in Germany and uh, überflieger.de. So what is your approach of getting me on your platform instead of letting me go into Google Flight Search, for example? So how do you get me on your platform? Mm. Okay. First, I have to explain. You see fliegerreser.se, uh, and since we're in Sweden right now, uh, most of you know this brand, it's the leading uh, meta search here in Sweden. We own fliegerreser.se. We acquired that in 2014. And the reason why we did that was to learn how to cooperate the absolute best with other meta search engines out in the, in the world, like Skyscanner and Kayak. So out of this 60 plus million euros that are created on all these brands, it's only two that is created from Fliegerreser. Uh, the rest is created by the online travel agency brands. And the, to answer your question, for us, it's really about the metas taking in the traffic, the metas going into different markets, and we making sure we are competitive in the meta. 
So it's actually Skyscanner and Kayak that is competing versus Google Flights or OTA Direct or Airline.com. And within that environment, we have a big market share in, in many markets and, and we grow and, and, and win market share in that. And the reason why we do that is because we're cheaper. Because when you come to a MetaSearch site, nine out of 10 will pick the lowest price, not the lowest priced itinerary because you might want to have a direct flight, you like a certain airline or whatever, but once you made that choice, nine out of 10 pick for price. So basically the reason why we have all these brands is shelf space and being able to have different strategies in pricing and content, etc., between different brands. Brand loyalty to us is none. So <coughs> this is a very clear strategic choice. So it's a quite different strategy and you can imagine the first time you go to the board and say like no we're not going to invest in brands you know, and we're going to be more of a back-end and being operational excellence uh, because the brand affinity is to the meta search you either like mondo or you like flugresser or to the airline you either like norwegian or Qantas. so we are the transaction engine in between and we're trying to perfect that better uh, than anyone else and why are you able to uh, to give like a better price to the uh, to the uh, meta search um, than the airline is able to give? So essentially, you're not you're not uh, uh, running your own airline, so you have to buy the assets, uh, yes. the shelf space yes. from somewhere. Yes. So why are you better in doing this through the meta search than uh, KLM or whatever SAS is able to do this? We are much more uh, tech advanced than the airlines. The airlines are primarily airlines that do a little bit of tech. Uh, and any, everything from API integration to uh, revenue management, pricing of, of ancillaries, uh, knowledge of different customers' behavior, et cetera, et cetera, we're superior. And then it's very different in different markets. In, in a market like, if you take AFKLM, for example, as an example, in the Netherlands, they don't need us. AFKLM is, or KLM is a, is a strong brand and people can go to klm.nl. Uh, uh, but in Sweden, Although KLM is a known brand, you don't know if KLM is a good choice when you're going to Greece. Is a pass-through with a stopover in, in Amsterdam a good choice or not? And then you go to the meta. And in that environment, we can utilize our, our different uh, technical uh, and commercial abilities. Plus, in that case, KLM actually gives us some money for that distribution. Uh, either through the GDSs, the global distribution systems, or directly to us. Okay, I, I got this from the perspective, and it's what uh, Georgi von uh, from uh, Chinwick also said that it's he never saw one business with an analog uh, DNA ever able to compete with a uh, pure play business or in the platform economy, though nobody was able to transform its business. So I, I got this uh, uh, when we were looking into the airline uh, business model um, but you you've described that a lot of a OTAs are struggling so decreasing revenue going out of the market and you're kind of an OTA uh, here so what differentiates you differentiates you uh, uh, compared to the AT OTAs that are struggling struggling then uh, I think there are many th many things it, it is a we can start with strategy we are fully focused on flights many other travel agencies try to do flights hotels car rentals etc we looked at the market and we said that we cannot compete with Booking.com. They're way better than we will ever be in, in hotels. 
car rentals uh, or rentalcars.com or, or, or car trawler much better than we will ever become. So we cooperate with the, them instead. And we put all our development efforts into flights and with one particular uh, objective to become better than everyone else in that deep air content. That means that although I have competitors with many more developers, we get much more, uh, more out of our developers. A second thing would be our execution. Uh, we are much faster than competitors. We are extremely fast in deci making decisions and implementing. So if a change happens in the industry, we probably react to it on the same day where it can take competitors a week or in some cases months. Both because of technical abilities, but also just because the way the, the company operates. I would say that personally, I make much less decisions as a CEO than the typical CEO of, of a company of this size because distribution of decisions based on a very clear strategy and culture. That's cool. Uh, it's cool to have like the execution uh, pattern again here. So some of you might remember it from the initial uh, uh, speech and from the Genovic speech and from the Amazon uh, workshop. It's all about uh, it's all about execution. Okay, I got this. Uh, um, but is there like um, if I look like from an uh, from a bird's perspective on the market, the the 60 million in EBITDA you're taking out of the market. So um, all the other uh, stakeholders in the system do want the same money. So yeah. you may be very, very efficient. So mm -hmm. if I was uh, Google Flight, uh, for example, or one of the uh, the main metas uh, in the beginning, I would think about, okay, how can I optimize my business? Mm. Can I get into that business? So mm. aren't you afraid of having a, a kayak, Google Flight or others uh, um, going a little bit more deeper, vertically integrated uh, with the airlines or doing exclusive deals, for example? So shelf you don't get access anymore, mm. and therefore you can't earn any money out of it. Mm. Oh, I, I think you're, you're it's a very good uh, question, and all the things you mentioned already happens. So, so oh it yeah. happens when we are growing, uh, and this is, of course, the ambition of, of, of anyone else to, to tap into that pool because we have higher margins uh, than the other ones. Uh, but I think the, the key thing for us here is really that we need to be wherever the consumers are because we are not the brand, we are about air content to the lowest price and all the, the very hard job to, to create that. And that means that when you bring up Google Flights, for example, most people would be afraid of Google Flights and say that this, and the metas are very afraid of Google Flights, and I just see it as another distribution channel. And, and um, we have been courting Google Flights for the last five years. You know, this is a project that has been going on for almost 10 years now. And Google Flights is rather big in the US, it's starting to pick up in the UK and Germany, but otherwise it's, it hasn't really developed. And the reason why it hasn't developed outside of the States is because it's been too simple. It's been focused on airline.com and very simple itineraries. And in Europe, with all the different na nations and, and, and all the different carriers, uh, it's, it's much, much more complex. So as late as a couple of months ago, Google Flights called us and said, we need help in Europe. We need your content in order to get Google Flights to become more attractive in Europe. So um, we're soon going to get out on Google Flights in Europe, and that will drive Google Flights growth. And we will be there with very low competition compared to the meta channels and have another distribution channel. So yes, I foresee pressure from our traffic sources right now, but I also see new traffic sources coming up and, and uh, in the likes of, of Google for the next, I would say, two to five years, 
they will be extremely product oriented rather than commercial oriented and there will be a lot of, of leadway for us to create uh, financial value there. When you're talking about content, most of us like are understanding content and you saw the masterclass of uh, uh, Mark here. It's like A plus content, B plus mm. content. It's like text and pictures. Mm. Uh, the content you're talking uh, about is different content? Yes, uh, I'm sorry if I'm uh, not explaining that properly. I'm, I'm when I'm talking about air content, it is about the ability to find the most relevant itinerary for any given search at any given time because that changes all the time and it, uh, luckily air the whole thing with air content and, and flights is so complex that there is no player ever that can have everything so it's really about your ability to bring in all these different aggregating sources and direct connections with airlines tapping in because I even every single airline loads prices differently in every single market and tapping into that and, and running FX and, and payments and all of that in the most optimal way create new itineraries, better priced, better unit economics uh, than our competitors. Okay, can, uh, can you deep dive in this uh, content sector a little bit? So let's say Though I'm using Google Flights actually to uh, to uh, find this, uh, find my desired flight, let's say from my base, uh, my home base uh, airport is Hamburg. Mm -hmm. uh, if I want to go to Barcelona or Amsterdam or, or wherever, I uh, tip in like the connection and the day, and then I get a flight, and then I go to my booking engine, which is now in our company. In our company, it's uh, Agencia. It's our travel management tool, and oh, you pay way too much. Uh, yeah, that's maybe that's a discussion we can uh, we can uh, postpone. So uh, I will forward uh, this, of course. But um, now you're saying that, uh, and my 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 uh, make my expectation on Google Flight was okay. Of course, they probably will be able to show me every connection on this day uh, from Hamburg to Amsterdam. And you're saying now, no, that's not they true because they, they only have like fifty percent of the content. Not even that. Not even that. Not even that. And you say you give you can get them to like 80-90% of the content plus better fares. Yes. They're not able to do that themselves. No. That's because you have much better aggregated data, uh, much more um, direct access to the uh, to the data. Yes. And that's something. And we Google combine can't do. many we combine many more content sources and then not only just connecting to many more content sources, it's also what you do with that uh, content sources and how you combine them and, and, uh, and how you run it. And if you're going, like, let, let, let's look at um, let's, uh, it Kayak, for example, and you're saying Kayak is one of, the, uh, one of your main distribution channels. Um, can you say how much percentage of the content is delivered by your services? Is it something It's very different you can in measure? different markets. In, in Sweden, we have a 40% market share, uh, almost 50 some in some, some months. So if you go to flygresser.se or Momondo in, in Sweden, You might end up with different brands. You see some of them here. Um, but we have more brands like, like that. So you, you might get a perception that it's 25 brands and 25 companies on Fliegeresser. But in fact, we have five or six brands there. And we take 40-50% of, of the share there. Uh, in UK, we have a bit more than 10%. And in France, the same. And, and uh, yeah, we have a good, in, a good share in Japan and South Korea. Now, as we are learning a lot about MetaSearch, what, what MetaSearch uh, should I use in, in the future, if not Google Flights? Google Flights, when you're integrated, it, it's fine, but right now? Right now, um, I would probably use Skyscanner, uh, if I might to answer the question globally. Oh, yeah? Mm. Even for European markets, it's working in a, yes, in a good way? Yes, yes. Skyscanner is based in Edinburgh. Ah, okay. Yeah, uh, crazy. But 
again here, like in a, a game theory environment. So I, I totally go with your uh, with your approach of helping uh, Google Flights here out because it's like, especially uh, because you're realizing that they're not uh, pushing on the margins within mm -hmm. the next, let's say, three, four, five years because they want to build the product and the customer experience and then attract more customers, blah, 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 blah. But then we're, we are in a situation where they are getting more and more control over the customer. And uh, what we've seen with other um, intermediaries is those intermediaries help them to uh, to structure content, yep. uh, price component engine. Yep. And, and yep. you are doing it more or less in the same, from my, from my very naive mm -hmm. observation, in the same way. And don't you fear that like in four years, they want to get rid uh, of your services? Mm -hmm. Or would you say, no, in, in four years, we have like developed so many different other services, it's, mm -hmm. it's going to be a new business model. Uh, a bit of both. I think they definitely will strive for that, and we see some some attempts to do that. But I do think it's un important to understand that if if you start being a price comparison service, the consumer have the thought that you actually have the market there, and if you then decide to to take all of that and run it yourself, you basically remove competition from from it. What will happen then is that the price comparison sites next to you will be have lower prices because they have all the access from all the other content providers. So you will lose market share versus the other ones. So it is a prohibiting factor for you to, to move from a price comparison model to a one-stop shop travel agency type of model. Uh, so that's, that's holding it back. But, but, uh, but I also think that it's really important for us not to be so meta-dependent as we are right now. And, and um, just to, to give you a taste that you know, uh, companies like Booking.com, Airbnb, they're right now very focused on accommodations. Uh, but both of them have, have clearly said that they are going to be uh, flights, experiences, rental cars, etc., etc. And Booking.com already own companies in all these verticals except flight. Um, and of course, as the clearly leading company right now and fastest growing and most profitable and, and so on, it's very likely that we will be the provider of that content for at least one of them. Crazy. I, I, I'm a little bit surprised because it's uh, the first like success case in 2019, even in 18 and 17 and 16 from an intermediary. So it's, uh, it's, um, it's impressive. It's a very impressive story. But I'd like to uh, change the approach here. Let's forget the customer mm -hmm. <laughs> for a minute. Mm -hmm. So if you are like an airline CEO now, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's like, I know it's not from, a, it's still an airline and not tech company. So what, what would your, uh, what you would your uh, uh, advice be for this like airline CEO? What would be a next step in uh, terms of uh, um, getting rid of Google flights or whatever? What would you do? Mm. I think most airlines need to get away from the prestige of being an airline. It's still too much of, although uh, we as passengers, we don't feel it's like, uh, you know, catch me if you can, William DiCaprio, he comes with a pilot and, and it's really nice, old 50s and, and pastel colors and, and so on. You know, we don't feel that when we sit on a Ryanair plane, right? But the airline executives, <laughs> they still feel that they run such a business. And, and that's stopping them a lot. So they should, if I were, was uh, a CEO for an, for an, for an airline uh, instead, and, and I wouldn't choose that, i actually rather have uh, an intermediary role, uh, I would definitely invest much more in tech uh, in order to get less dependent on tech players like ourselves and be able to choose more uh, because the airlines are running on 
very old tech and thereby have limitations to separate their distribution. So frankly, airlines pay us too much for certain uh, parts of traffic and filling their seats, and they should pay us more for others, but they, d they cannot even steer it well. And so, so I would go down much more granularly in tech and thereby be able to, to improve my margins and, and uh, volumes. So can we elaborate a little bit on the Ryanair example? So if I, um, I, I flew Ryanair only once in my life, it's not like very popular in the Hamburg airport, obviously. But um, uh, when I remember correctly, they started... Uh, Your travel uh, agency will not even find the Ryanair. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they started like directly as, okay, we our uh, we want to earn the money with our customer. It, it was and is very successfully uh, successful from a, from a financial perspective. It's mm. a very profitable uh, uh, um, airline. So sh should they not have sticked with this approach? And be, be a little bit more uh, flexible with their with their website. Now I uh, I see them with uh, in, in meta searches, uh, mm -hmm. uh, um, and, and that gives me the the impression that they're that they're, that they're losing because mm. now they have to pay money to meta searches mm. and yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, they're they <laughs> they are tough to negotiate with for for people oh yeah? like us too. Yeah. They they are low cost in everything, um, but. Uh, the thing is with the airline industry is a very difficult industry and that's why I don't particularly like to be an airline CEO. You have to invest in planes first and then you have to fill them. So you have all the costs up front uh, and then you end up, uh, if, if the market has a little bit of a downturn, which it has had here in the beginning of, of 2019 in the Nordics for example, uh, then you have to discount your tickets very, very much in order to fill the planes. And then your own direct channel is not enough. So even a company with like Ryanair with the branding and the positioning and everything actually benefits from getting some distribution. So this was not the case three, four years ago. It was just uh, hunky-dory with everything. But, but now actually what's happening is that the full service carriers become more and more like low cost carriers and low cost carriers become more and more like full service carriers. And uh, they are sort of getting tighter. But uh, but but who's the winner in that game? Probably the newer airlines that are a little bit more tech savvy. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for 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 sure, yeah. for sure. So uh, what 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 about the old airlines? Let's say Lufthansa or KLM or SAS, probably is an old airline too. Though they they are getting uh, under higher pressure by these new airlines because they don't have the oh tech yeah. legacy. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And I mean, uh, EasyJet, Ryanair is in a much better position than than uh, Air France, KLM, or because uh, they are in Italia. control of their data. Control of the data, better tech, uh, better analytics, um, uh, smarter in how they split their tickets and their fare classes and their add-ons, uh, different cost structure, more flexible. Okay, crazy. So uh, then, uh, okay, I know your take now as a uh, potential airline CEO. I interesting view, very interesting view. That gives me some thoughts uh, for my flyback. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, uh, um, then uh, let's move to the other meta searches. So like Check24, for example, in, uh, in Germany. So what, uh, what they are doing right now, they're it feels like they are opening up a new category every week. Yeah, mm -hmm. flights, hotels, mm -hmm. cars, mm -hmm. docks, whatever you can rent. Uh, uh, and so, if I understand you correctly, if you would be CEO of such a company, you would reduce uh, it to the categories where you do have control. Uh, in, in, in ideal world, fly on only one category. Is that correct? I think that's. Uh, I, I 
I wouldn't be sure and be so determined uh, in that strategy uh, because I, I would need to, to sort of see where they are right now and where they make their money and, and so on. So, so it might not be right. I, I think my general take is everything becomes more global. If you're in a very transparent business that we are, you really have to become the best in what you're doing. And if you feel that you cannot become the best, then you better not do it. You better cooperate instead. And that's what I mean. Uh, and in our case, we, we were good in flights. Uh, we could be much better. We invested all our efforts in there. And the rest, we just cooperate. There's so many game theory questions pop popping up in my mind, but we're, we're running a little bit out of time. So maybe one uh, one last main question for me. So this is like a, a meta search here, in Correct. which is like an exception because usually you're doing yes. the... Yes. the Content providers, yes. so to say. The this biggest is brand is not actually out there. It's GoToGate. That's where we have 50% of our sales around the world. But as an end consumer, I don't even see it because it's only a content provider, right? Uh, GoToGate, if you go in in Skyscanner in the UK, for example, uh, you will end up in GoToGate very often. Okay, but wouldn't that, because uh, you're so successful in, uh, 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 in providing this content, wouldn't it make sense from a game theory perspective to open up more meta searches in other countries just to earn some extra money uh, by luring in new customers? The problem is that this one is really brand and consumer driven. So in order, for example, to make Überflieger uh, to be reckoned with in Germany, no. you would need to invest so much money Anybody from the German? There are some Germans here. Any anybody heard about Überflieger ever? No. No. So it's very small. I mean, basically, the reason. Why, yeah, I mean, it's true. Th this this one is big. But the other ones here, the reason why we have them is to collect data to better price in the other meta searches in those countries. Incredible. So you are the winner in the platform economy in, uh, when it comes to flight price comparison. It's an in, in it's interesting take. gives me a lot of uh, thoughts. So, but I have uh, a couple of questions left, but uh, I will give you the opportunity here. If there's any questions you want uh, to ask, it's... Uh, uh, yeah, Niels. So it's, it's quite compli uh, complicated, but there are a couple of reasons. Uh, one is has to do with, with air content. You want to differentiate different results that you deliver from the different online travel agency to the meta in order to get maximum coverage of different contents, because otherwise you get limitations from the meta and so on. So thereby you basically add shelf space. Then you also want to, because there are so many factors affecting price, and the most important one actually is to know about what your competitors are pricing. So we spend a lot of time making the machine learning understand how the competitor is pricing. And therefore, when you build that down to different buckets of pricing and trying to get down to the individuals, you also get a better coverage if you, um, if you have multiple brands. So two or three brands we, we would like to have if the metas you know, allow us to have that. And of course, we have good arguments because we overall we create lower prices. So you're totally right. We sacrifice a bit of brand loyalty in that, but nine out of 10 still choose on price. So we rather go for the shelf space. Any more questions?
I have one. Um, the 600 people you're employing here uh, in uh, uh, in Sweden or in Sweden. So how are they um, divided through departments? How many developers are there? How many? You obviously don't need too many online marketing experts. No, uh, it's very here. funny. And I was thinking about when we had those master classes here. If I oh. should sort of go, and I was like, actually, the the uh, I don't think I have even one SEO in in the whole no? company. I have and that might be a reason why Überflieger is not known. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, true. <laughs> I mean, it could be a little bit more there, right? Mm -hmm. But it's focus again. Uh, maybe we should have one, right? But it hasn't been a focus. Uh, probably have one or two on SEM. Uh, but I have um, 30 that doesn't do anything else than, than optimizing pricing in the metas. So, so it's a very different game. Um, I, I, uh, and that is on top of everything being machine learning driven. Uh, so, um, take 130, maybe, out of those 600. Um, then in, in Stockholm, in your offices? Uh, Gothenburg, actually, and Athens. Okay. Uh, and then, um, quite a bit then in, in the commercial and sales. We, c we have mm -hmm. two different ways, business development and, and so on, product. That's probably another 70, 80. Uh, quite a big finance department, um, handling 70 markets, FX is huge for us, cash management, um, payment is big, fraud is big for us. So, so uh, and then operations, of course, customer service. Yeah, and, and uh, if you if you if you break it down on that thing, uh, EBITDA quarter, it's not that big. The absolute EBITDA is big, but if you're like doing one or two tiny mistakes in the whole machinery, mm. so it could mm. be like uh, you have to spend another 100 million just for the mistakes. Yeah, and so you have to so remember that exactly, because if you have 4 billion, you yeah, yeah. you run up there and it just becomes 60 million in the end. Yeah. Uh, of course, you have to make things right. Yeah, it's 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 uh, that that that's very impressive. So, what is like your uh, um, uh, you uh, became CEO of, uh, four or five years ago, the mm -hmm. company, and mm -hmm. it, it took it to a like kind of global level. Mm -hmm. So, what is kind of the next step uh, uh, here in the game uh, for you? You're, you're growing like thirty uh, percent year thirty percent year on year. Yeah. Um, now, but the next step, I mean, we're owned by private equity. It's and and I think that we asked about one of the reasons for success. I think that's been a reason for success the last couple of years too. Uh, we actually sold twice. Uh, for you Germans, we were owned by uh, Prosieben Satins for a while, between 15 and 17. Uh, before that, the Swedish private equity, before that, the Norwegian private equity, and now with CVC uh, Capital Partners, the largest private equity fund in Europe. Um, so, of course, we're going to sell again. That's the whole mandate, right? Uh, and um, it's about making this a uh, even more a tech company in order to defend multiples uh, and being more global. Uh, we're still too European. European Europe grows too slowly to defend this 30% growth going forward. Uh, so we're investing a lot outside Europe right now. Uh, and then it's the question, either um, one of the big industrialists uh, pick us up or we list. Why would a, why would a, a, a private capital, uh, a private equity company sell such an asset growing 30% a year being profitable in these financial environments? Uh, because uh, generally they will sell with, with you know three to seven years holding period, and they've held us now for one and a half year. I do think they they um, they see us as a high risk, high reward type of investment compared to other investments. That would speak for a shorter uh, hold term, I would say. Um, and uh, I do think there's so much movements in the value chain right now that I wouldn't be surprised that we would actually be approached in a year or two from one of the, the uh, industry players. 
because there's so much money even on the meta search engine uh, uh, site that is uh, th that's one of the industry players right you're talking about it could be but if you look at our industry it's basically three major online travel agents. well there there is booking.com airbnb uh ctrip chinese uh travel agency that owns skyscanner and expedia those are the natural takers for us within three years Crazy. So actually, I became a big fan within this uh, 30 minutes uh, of uh, live uh, <laughs> podcasting. It's very rare to hear uh, such a clear vision on the business uh, 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 and so much deep uh, insight. If there's, uh, you have a question left? No. Uh, maybe you can stick around for the last coffee uh, here. Sure. It was uh, it was really a pleasure having you uh, here in Stockholm and uh, and on the show. And I definitely will take a look on Überflieger. Dot. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, yeah. Big applause actually for uh, Matthias. Great. Thank, Thank you for you. having us. It was a pleasure. Thank you. It was a pleasure.